This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to our show. I I heard football started. We'll talk about that later, but I, I haven't seen That's the games. That's the rumor. There's a rumor. Um, my team's... I haven't played, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Wait, your teams? Well, who are your teams? Tennessee. Michigan, oh, oh, you're talking Pittsburgh. about college as well? Okay. Well, I only have yeah. one pro team. Right. I mean, you might have multiple pro teams. No, I only, I have, only one. have one. Yeah, so we'll get to that later. Uh, we're going to start out with some little headlines about news articles. I think you might have heard, although I was speaking to my wife, and she'd never heard of the name Brett Kavanaugh. Really? Well, you know what? Actually, that's not all that surprising. Yeah. We get immersed in this... Um, I mean, actually, you and I think about it like once a week, basically. Yes. But there's people that live and breathe this stuff, and they again forget that you do a uh, what's the the jaywalking thing with yes. the people on the sidewalk and ask them who Brett Kavanaugh is, and eighty yes. percent are going to say, "Huh? He's probably from the North and the South movie." I don't know. Anyway, Brett Kavanaugh is back in the news. He hasn't been confirmed yet, but it looks like it's going to be delayed until Monday. Well, to li- well, next if week the Dems least. have their way, delayed until eternity. So I want to. I want to play a little. This is this is what we're talking about. Let me play this little clip, and uh, it kind of runs everything down. And we'll talk about it because there's lots of things to talk about here. The podium. This morning, new scrutiny of President Trump. Oh. Uh oh. Christine Blasi Ford, a 51-year-old California college professor, accusing Kavanaugh of sexual assault when they were both in high school. According to the Washington Post, Ford described Kavanaugh as stumbling drunk at a Maryland house party in the 1980s when she claims he pinned her to a bed and groped her while another teenage boy watched. Ford telling the Post, quote, he was trying to attack me and remove my clothing. Then when she tried to scream, she said he put his hand over her mouth. I thought he might inadvertently kill me. Inadvertently. Ford originally laid out the allegations in a confidential letter received by Senator Dianne Feinstein back in July. So why is Ford going public now? She says after being bombarded by reporters, she decided it was time. She just felt like, as she put it, these are the ills I was trying to avoid, and they have come to pass anyway, so I'm going to do it. The White House saying on Friday, Judge Kavanaugh categorically and unequivocally denied this allegation. This has not changed. Judge Kavanaugh and the White House both stand by that statement. On Capitol Hill, bipartisan calls to delay this week's committee vote on Kavanaugh. Republican Senator Jeff Flake, whose vote could break the nomination, now telling the Washington Post, for me, we can't vote until we hear more. While Judiciary Chairman Republican Chuck Grassley is questioning the timing of the revelation, no. adding, Judge Kavanaugh's <laughs> background has been thoroughly vetted by the FBI on six different occasions. Maine's Republican Senator Susan Collins is a critical swing vote and was pressed overnight. Do you believe the accuser? I don't know enough to make a judgment at this point. She doesn't sound oh, real confident my. either. So where to even begin? With there's this? so many things there. So I want to I want to lay this out. Every Democrat. Okay, actually, let's start with this. Okay. Do you believe the accuser? No. I do not either. I think it's a complete lie. So when she said she she decided to come forward on Sunday, she got a Washington Post interview that the lady said she was getting attacked by reporters. If her name wasn't leaked, how were the reporters going after her? Okay, because they wouldn't know that it was her because 
not supposed to know her. 32 years between the time... 35. It's supposed, 30, well, 35 now, right? Yes. Between the time it happened and the time we're hearing about it. 35 years in which the only corroborating evidence that she can claim to is she told her therapist that she was a, there was an attempted sexual assault on her as a child. No, wait, yeah. Kavanaugh was not named. No, and that was five years ago. Was so five we years. need to... So let's be very clear on the nature of the evidence here. Yes. Okay, because... This is a woman who has never mentioned this before. Now, she claims she told her therapist, and there's notes from her therapist five years ago. But do not name Kavanaugh so when, in the notes. So when Kavanaugh was 17 and she was 15, she alleges this happened. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly, she cannot say where the party was. Or no, when. Or when. <laughs> it was within a range of three years. Okay, so the only details that she can provide, again, 35 years later... When Brett Kavanaugh was a minor, mm-hmm. is that this happened to her, and it was so traumatic that it you know, put her life on hold, never discussed it again. There's no corroboration. The allegation is incredibly nonspecific. And then in the notes, she apparently was meeting with this therapist with her husband. She brought it up. Inconveniently for her, the notes actually contradict another portion of her story because her story is that she was attacked by Mr. Kavanaugh and his friend, who's a guy named Mark Judge, who's a writer. Mm -hmm. By the way, Judge has also said, in fact, I quote, this is nuts. Yes. Denies it as well. He also claims he was blackout drunk a lot of that period of time. Okay, fine. Okay. Fine. Uh, I don't have a problem believing that a 17-year-old was drunk at a party. Mm-hmm. The notes from the therapist say there were four men. Now, her explanation for this, get this, is that it was transcribed wrong. I always love this. <laughs> I always love this in the cases that I have when I have a, a plaintiff, when I read them medical records that say patient says this, usually patient says they're doing very well and doing backflips and they're claiming they're paralyzed and, <laughs> and they dispute it. And they say, no, 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 the, the note, the note of my doctor is wrong. Everything else the doctor says about right. my is correct. <laughs> this note is wrong. So that, that doesn't really impress me either. And then this whole idea of, well, why did you come forward? She scrubbed before coming forward publicly, because this was all an anonymous smear mm-hmm. that Diane Feinstein sat on. This is another point that we have to make. They're now claiming, of course, well, we must delay. This is a serious allegation. She sat on this for two months. Mm -hmm. Did we just have a four-day extravaganza where the point was to question the candidate? Did that come up, Chad? It did not. Did all of the senators meet with Brett Kavanaugh in private? They did. Did it come up during any of the private? No, it did not. Did they (laughs) submit over a thousand questions to him? Yes. Did it come up? No. I'm sure this was all an honest mistake on Diane Feinstein's part. And by the way, the woman who is claiming this doesn't necessarily mean it didn't happen is a rabidly anti-Trump liberal professor and yes. political activist. Huh? In terms of her profile, mm. not someone who is suggestive of no motive or political bias. Right. Other than that, this is an ironclad demonstration that Brett Kavanaugh must have attempted to rape her 35 years ago. Well, don't forget the 65 women who came forward and said he's a perfect gentleman, always behaved above board. These are Democrats and Republicans who said this. It wasn't just one okay, group or and another. fine. And the argument, the counter to that, is going to be just because someone was 
uh, friendly and decent and ethical to 65 people doesn't mean that they didn't do some horrible thing once. And I agree with that. But here's the other point. Generally, when we're evaluating, by the way, is there any way possible that Brett Kavanaugh can defend himself against this no. other than to categorically no. deny it? You can't say, when did you stop? Abusing women and not only that, not only that, there are no details to even corroborate. I don't know where this was. I don't know when this happened. All I know is that Brett Kavanaugh was the guy that did this 35 years ago. People say, oh, well, did you you believed all the women that uh, accused Bill Clinton? Well, I'm not sure that I believe I, I tend to believe them. And why, Chad? What is the one reason that you would tend to believe all of the women that accuse Bill Clinton. Right there. All of the women. Yes. Plural. The, the dozens, mm-hmm. potentially, of women that reported very similar stories of sexual abuse, oh, sexual assault, Don't harassment. forget Monica Lewinsky. Yes. That's already been copped to. So. When, oh, and not <laughs> when Bill Clinton was in middle school. No. Or, or high school. No. When he was the governor, governor president. and president. So when we talk about circumstantial evidence, because we have to evaluate the credibility mm-hmm. of two people, we have Brett Kavanaugh, who has been investigated six times by the FBI. Because remember, he's been a judge yep. for most of his life. And confirmed also, by the Senate. Don't forget that. In 2006, he was confirmed by the Senate. And also worked in <laughs> as a lawyer in the Bush administration. So he has been vetted repeatedly. Mm-hmm. There is not a microscopic speck of any other allegation at all remotely similar to this, contrasting that with Bill Clinton mm-hmm. or, if you prefer, Roy Moore. Yes. Okay? I wasn't a fan of Roy Moore, Still and not. I think I said on this program, or whatever it is, podcast, <laughs> that when you have multiple women... And by the way, these women didn't really fit the profile of the current accuser in terms of having a motive to lie or fictionalize. Didn't look good for Roy Moore. No. Can anyone possibly know what happened here? No. But the point is, this is simply the Anita Hill playbook all over again. Doing this at the 11th hour is about as disgraceful as you can get. Purposely intended, of course, to delay. Sure. And here's the other thing. We talked about this last week. So we have Bork, mm-hmm. we have Thomas, mm-hmm. we now have Kavanaugh. I, I encourage anyone who's listening to this who is saying, Tony, you're just standing by your man because you're a partisan <laughs> and you want Judge Kavanaugh on the bench and you are disregarding these serious allegations. I want someone to tell me the last time that any Democratic nominee to the Supreme Court has been personally demonized by the opposition in the Republican Party. I can't think of any. Start Googling now, and you you call the show or email me and say, here's when they attempted to personally destroy Mm -hmm. a jurist with whom they disagree. Because that's, again, what is going on here. It's not sufficient to simply oppose Brett Kavanaugh because you disagree with well, originalist women will judging. die if he gets appointed. Women That's will die, heard. and women now, die. and now, you already have this. He's a rapist. Mm-hmm. It has been proven that he's a rapist because this woman mm-hmm. comes out of the woodwork at the eleventh hour and says, "Hey, thirty-five years ago at a party I can't remember, in a time I can't remember, Brett Kavanaugh groped me in a room." And I thought he would inadvertently kill me. Yes. What does that even mean? Well, he had his hand over her mouth. So obviously right. I was going to die. Now, you, you said rape, and I didn't bring that up, but if, since you brought it up, groping 
and raping are two Oh no! Not, not, for the, not for the Me Too movement. What I, I read a, those uh, things are not I distinguishable. Know, but I read an article from USA Today that called him a rapist, and then continue to talk about the sexual assault and groping. And I'm not going to get graphic here, but there's there's a difference between you the think? two. I know there is, and everybody listening to me knows no, there is. No, not everyone knows well, there is because that's the whole point. Probably. The whole point of a large segment of the Me Too movement is to conflate those things and yes. to blur any distinction between. Um, well, they got the inappropriate, attempt- inappropriate language on the one hand, and Harvey Weinstein on the other hand. It's all one big pile of misogyny. Sure, well, I'm they- sorry. We have to make moral distinctions between those things. We, they got from the groping to raping. They got from covering her mouth to inadvertently, possibly killing her. Those. That's a far stretch. Have, have you ever put your mouth, your hand over your child's mouth when they're screaming? I have. I mean, my my daughter screams, and I go. Please my, my, stop. my children never scream. Well, then you've got perfect children. <laughs> I have, and I've never inadvertently tried to, to harm her just to keep her from screaming in my ear because it's very piercing and loud. But the point is, you can't conflate those two, obviously. Now, something else I read today, and I don't know if this is true, I haven't had a chance to check this. Uh, this lady's parents' house was foreclosed on by Kavanaugh's mother, well, who's a judge. Well, she didn't foreclose on it. She, well, she, she was, presided over the yes. settlement to foreclose on their house because they weren't and paying again, the bills. And again, as we point—I I forgot, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, before she went public, again, because it had just become too difficult. By the way, if you're interested in a fair investigation of these claims— why would you send it to Diane <laughs> Feinstein? Because she's, it's, Cause, cause she's, she's in California. She's the neutral. Like, why wouldn't you send it directly to the FBI? No, yeah. no. We, we funneled it to DiFi. Well, and this was all, look, this was all orchestrated from the beginning. And again, guaranteed. this woman also spent apparently an entire weekend scrubbing all of her social media she accounts. She knew it was coming. No, well, because she is a hardcore leftist political activist. Yeah. And so this was also, well, we can't give them ammunition to know that I've got this motivation to yeah. destroy She's, this guy. She also does not understand how the Internet works, but okay. Here's, here's a question. Yeah. Let's assume, let's assume that her version of events, I was, he, I was in a room, I was clothed, he was groping me on the bed, he was trying to take my clothes off. I got away. Nothing further happened. Question. That's not good behavior, obviously. But the, the important question right now, as a 17-year-old, mm-hmm. even assuming that that is true, mm-hmm. should that standing alone at age 17, drunk at a party, doing that, again, n- immoral behavior, Potentially criminal behavior, depending on depending on whose version you would believe. Okay, if there sure. is another version, sure. Should that, as a minor, have any impact on whether a fifty-year-old man, with again, no further incidents that have been, and believe me, they've been digging. Yeah. All right. For years, the minions have been digging twenty-four-seven. Uh-huh. Six FBI investigations. Should that disqualify him? From a seat on the Supreme Court? I don't think it should, but I think it's an appointment for life. So we got to remember it's an appointment for life. These, they don't get elected. They're not, as Jeff um, Ben Sass said, if they're not going to be 
if they're going to be objective, then they can't be on for life. Or not going to be objective, then they can't be on for life. So it's a lifetime appointment. I do believe we've had worse behavior from, gee, Donald Trump in every instance I can think of. Um, I'm sure there were Supreme Court justices who were less than stellar throughout their entire lives. I don't want to paint, and it, some of my bias might be coming through, I don't want to paint him as one way but as a 17-year-old that is now a 53-year-old jurist who's been in public service for decades and lots to back that up. It does. It bothers me, but I don't well, know it, that it I'm, bothers you if it would be true. It bothers me if it's true. I don't. Well, it bothers me if it'd be true, true. But the but the more important question is, I think it's absolutely fair to bother you. Yeah, it's absolutely fair to say that was that was an immoral and potentially criminal thing if it happened. Again, I don't think it did. A seven? I, I no, neither that. do I. I think it's I think it's a complete fabrication. I, I, here's what I think happened. I think. Diane got this letter. I think this lady said, I'll make this claim if we have to use it. I'll Absolutely. make this claim, and I'll take the heat for it, and I'll, I'll be the face of it. I've got this stuff in my therapist's notes. My, I've told my husband I'm going to say it was Kavanaugh. Yep. And, and, and I feel like had it been any other nominee – Somebody else would have come forward with the same type of story. Oh, oh this person did this. This person did that. So I think this was already prearranged. You pointed out she sat on it since July. Now the FBI did, or FBI did a uh, a polygraph on her, which means nothing. Well, it wasn't the FBI. Oh, okay, sorry. It was it was a former FBI agent. We don't matter. know what. Who cares? Uh, that, that's polygraph totally only supports the theory you wanted to support. If she passes it, you say, "Yeah, I, I knew she was right." And if she doesn't pass it, you say, "Oh, that, that doesn't matter." So polygraph means nothing to me. I don't. And, and the USA Today is calling that a credible source because she passed the polygraph. That's ridiculous. Get get your facts straight, people. But I think she. This was going to happen because of what you said. This is Plan B. Nothing they did to disrupt. Nothing they did to right, delay. Didn't work. Didn't work. So now we got to pull this out of the pocket. Smash the if, glass. If they actually cared about this, you're right. They would have put it in a thousand questions. They would put it in the closed door session. They would have put it on the public session. They would not have waited for closed door. They would have said it. Right. Because again, the goal for them is they want to push this past November in the hopes that they're going to retake the Senate. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Even if they retake the Senate, and I, I don't think they're going to. I hope not. Um, the lame duck session still runs till the end of the year. Yes. So the Democrats, just so you understand this, they don't have immediate control of no. the Senate until the new year. So the Republicans can still put through whatever nominee they want before the lame duck session is over. Now, I actually think it would be incredibly... Um, schadenfreude-esque <laughs> if they manage to take the senate they manage to delay the vote on kavanaugh and then the republicans put him in anyway the squeals of outrage would reach to the heavens backing up for a minute there is no way for him to defend himself against this no. allegation there is no reason to further investigate because there is nothing to investigate. We have her version, mm -hmm. we have his denial, and we have the other guy's denial. Well, they're going to have more hearings on Monday. Well, they're going to speak to the Senate, Which both of them, sure under sound, oath. And they're credible. both going to say exactly the same thing. Yeah. He did this to me. I don't, I've never done anything like this. I categorically deny it. So, all this call for more investigation. There is nothing to investigate. So, standing alone, the only thing that we have to evaluate is, again... An uncorroborated story by a woman who is a Democrat, liberal, political activist 
that occurred 35 years ago in a place she can't recall, at a time she can't recall, and it is the only allegation that has ever been raised against this candidate that we are aware of on the public record, and he and the other person who were there categorically deny it, and the notes taken by her therapist, which she claims demonstrate it's true, contradict key elements of her story. Is that something that we should take seriously in making Brett Kavanaugh not able to sit on the Supreme Court? No. It's laughable. She's using her the therapist's notes as a proof source. The words came from her. The words came from her. She didn't say a name. And here's why I think that's key. She did not even say a name. She didn't even say a judge. That's why I think it's key. Because I think this was set up for years. We've got this in our back pocket. I know there's somebody out there. Whoever gets nominated, I can say it was them. I don't have to have the details, right? I'm making a claim. I don't know. I don't put it I'm not sure people. whether it goes. Well, neither do I. Uh, it could simply be uh, there's opportunity. Meaning, sure. I, maybe this woman was groped by somebody at a party who wasn't Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. Maybe 30 years later, she did talk about the four men that yeah. did this to her and then realizes, heck, I could put this to some use. Yeah. I just have to tag him yeah. for this. And and hopefully the anonymous allegation will be enough. But if it's not, I guess I have to come forward yeah. and, and look, they, this may work for them. Because here's the thing. If they can manage to delay this, I said the useful idiot, and I, I'm not retracting that, no, Jeff nor Flake. You, nor should you. He if you are going, again. If you are going to allow, here's the thing. The message here, if you capitulate to this, is... All you need is someone, whether truthful or lying, pick an accusation, put it into the media industrial complex, let them splatter it everywhere 24-7, you eradicate any chance of any nominee. And in fact, not only do you do that, you allow them to permanently sully Mm -hmm. a good man's reputation forever. Mm -hmm. Because what is going to be... When you Google Brett Kavanaugh now going forward, here's what's going to come up. It is despicable. It is scurrilous, but it is exactly how these people operate. And so, you know, one of the things I'm sure they're contemplating is, do we have to withdraw him if we don't think we're going to have the votes and put someone else up? I hope that doesn't happen. What I would hope is someone would stand up and say, you know what? You guys have tried this playbook over and Mm -hmm. over we are not going to cower. We're not going to stand for this. We're going to put him through committee, and we're going to put him on the Supreme Court, and there's nothing you can do to stop us. And we're simply not going to incentivize this kind of character assassination because if you cave to this, you might as well go to Chuck Schumer and say, Chuck, please just pick who we should put on the court who yeah. is acceptable to you. I say they vote on it. Because I don't think anything's going to come out of these extra hearings. Nothing's going to change. Well, but remember, with Jeff Flake saying, I'm not a yes, it can't get out of committee. He is on the Senate Judiciary Committee. If he says no, because all the Democrats are going to vote no, they can't move him to a floor vote. Because <laughs> they have to have that extra vote. They have to have him vote well, yes. Then I think that's where you get the uh, majority whip. And you get everybody. That's in the House, of course. But you get everybody to put pressure on him say, and, and Collins and on remember, the floor vote and say, I know he's not running for election again. Exactly. And he's an anti-Trumper to the core. But here's the thing. He wants to do something after this. Something 
to do. He's not going to just go home and sit in his rocking chair for the rest of his life. He wants to do something. So you put a lot of pressure and say, hey, you want to do something? Guess what? That something's going to be a whole lot harder if you buck this because you think you want you just don't like Trump. And you're trying to get a screw you on the way out. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't know. We go back to Clarence Thomas. Anita Hill accused Clarence Thomas. She was the only one prior to that. And she's been the only one since that. Yeah. I don't believe Anita Hill for five seconds. No. I didn't believe her then. I don't believe her now. It, it made a man look bad. And that's the problem with sexual assault. The Me Too destroy everybody in your path. I believe women when they're credible and they have proof. I believe men when they're credible and they have proof. But just saying something when you have a lot of political access to grind or somehow you benefit. Because that's what you're reading. She doesn't benefit at all. Sure she does. Of she course. keeps Kevin off the court. Yes, she's a re- she's a her, her entire you her, life, a her entire life revolves around her political ideology. Right, you called her a liberal. I call her a leftist. Well, she is a leftist. She's so not a liberal. She gains by him not being on the court. So don't say she has nothing to gain. That's a total lie and fabrication by the media. In her worldview, she has everything to gain because everything. remember, she's one of the people that believes that millions will die. Yes, women will be in chains. Yes. The Handmaid's Tale come to life. Correct. She is one of the people that actually believes this stuff so nothing to gain she has everything, she has to, everything gain. to gain and by, oh, by the way the other thing she gains she will be a hero sure just the same way that the satyr of the senate ted kennedy <laughs> that's the other thing the same people that are now we must believe this this is a heinous episode he was the attack dog, the man that allowed a woman to drown to death in mm-hmm. his car, who was known for making waitress sandwiches around D.C., who makes Donald Trump look like a eunuch in terms of his <laughs> groping and pawing and assaulting women. Wow. He was the standard bearer mm-hmm. for the party that was attacking Clarence Thomas and Judge Bork, yeah. these people, their shamelessness is invincible. Sure. They don't care about sexual assault. Never have. This is simply about any weapon to hand to destroy a man who we hate because his judicial philosophy will not allow us to control the one organ of government that we use to smash through <laughs> our agenda. That, that is, is it. That is true. I, I just I find it very sad when... A man can't can't even if he if the this is a trial and he's acquitted, he's always going to be looked at as a sexual predator by by the public. This is not a trial. The statute of limitations wrong, ran out a long time ago. If in fact it ever happened, it ran out a long time ago. But he's always going to be tarred and feathered with this, even if he gets passed, just like Clarence Thomas has. He's always going to have that Anita Hill thing sticking with him the rest of his life. And I don't believe he did it. I oh, believe Clarence I Thomas did it, and I don't believe. Kavanaugh did it. You haven't given me anything credible. Now, we may get something out of this session. I doubt it. But there's nothing credible I to asked, me that changes that. I asked a, a former friend of mine, a guy who has basically cut off ties with me since Trump was elected, <laughs> e- even though, uh, as I keep reminding him, I didn't vote for Trump. But I'm not allowed to. <laughs> you def- did not vote I'm for I'm not Trump. allowed to point out the, uh, the corruption and all this stuff going on. You know, I have to simply agree that he's Satan and Hitler combined. But I sent him uh, a text today. And I said, here's the hypothetical. You have been accused by a a girl that went to high school with you 35 years ago of exactly the same thing, of sexually assaulting and potentially raping her. She doesn't know when. She doesn't know where. And 
your record is completely clean in the aftermath. And in fact, it turns out that she has an agenda. She can't stand your ideology. All the same facts. Are we to, am I to believe her <laughs> when she accuses you despite your categorical denial? Of course, I got no answer to that question sure. because they don't, they can't possibly answer that question no. because they know the answer is, of course, we wouldn't believe somebody like that. No, there is no, no reasonable neutral observer. The best that you can say is, we don't know what happened. We weren't there, but this is insufficient. This mm -hmm. is microscopically thin gruel. If it happened, okay. But the things that we generally look to in terms of circumstantial evidence are non-existent. Yeah. And so therefore, no, we're not going to automatically believe you. No. We're going to reject what you're claiming. I, I don't believe anything that you wait 32 years to report. I'm sorry, I don't. Don't tell me rich men kept you from repeating. No. You well, went to Stanford Law. You even worked, if come you on. choose to believe it for purposes of a process where we are attempting to discern who we cannot, we cannot include that, that alone as a basis to deny a good man and incredibly well-respected judge. As you pointed out, he's already been confirmed by the Senate to the DC circuit. We are not going to allow that kind of allegation no. given its staleness, given its lack of corroboration, given its lack of specificity, it's just not going to be used as a reason to deny this man a seat on a court. It shouldn't be, but we got three Republican senators right. who could do that. We know the Democrats are never going to vote for him. That, that, that was, it didn't matter who Trump put up. They were not going to vote for that person, so it was never going to happen. The three Republicans need to be held to account and say, you're using criteria that don't exist, and you're making decisions that impact this country because you don't like the man in the White House. That's wrong. Yep. That's just wrong for— I say let them let them vote whenever that is, and if he doesn't get through, you don't pull the vote. Don't why pull it? Make these people stand up and say, well, "I didn't vote." But again, for they're not they're they're going to pull the vote if they can't get it out of committee. Well, the, if they get out of the committee, clock, let's say they get out of committee. If they get out of committee, they'll hold the vote. They'll hold the vote. I mean, if, but they're going to be they're going to have to figure out in terms of the timing here mm -hmm. how much of a delay. Got ninety nine days till they could conceivably vote on December twenty third, right? For somebody else, so that's going to. So I'd be, start vetting somebody else just in case. Start that process. Who was number two on that list? Was it was it uh, Senator Lee? <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is what this demonstrates, and this is a truism: is that there really is no depth to which they will not sink. No, uh, in order to make sure that they they you know they can't allow the power of the court to shift. And again, I would say exactly. Here's the thing: this doesn't happen. As I pointed out to Democratic nominees, oh, they're vocally opposed. People won't vote for them because they right. disagree with their living constitutionalism. <laughs> but this has literally never and don't please don't tell me about Merrick Garland. <laughs> Merrick Garland was denied a vote. That is his denied a hearing. There is exactly. Yeah, and guess what? There's nothing in the Constitution that requires it. And that is historically not unprecedented, but in fact, very precedented. No one ever said a single thing about Merrick Garland's character. Nope. He just doesn't get to be on the court. Yeah. Didn't didn't vote for him. Didn't have it. So let's talk about another person whose character was, <laughs> let's just say, not it's hard when you're frustrated in front of a very large audience. Oh. Let me play this clip. This is a. This is a I've been I've been chomping at the bit he to talk he about, this. about this. Let me just play this, and then Tony's gonna red meat it. 
Dunk was watching her coach give her a hand Wow. That was only about 30 seconds of that rant. I want to here's, out- here's the one thing I want you to notice about that, and we're going to unpack this a little bit. <laughs> Did you hear the Roman Coliseum-like screaming yes. in the background from her desired audience? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. Yes. Um, so, here's, so for those of you who don't follow <laughs> tennis... She, well, I want to say, she lied in that clip. Yes, she did. She outright, blatantly lied on audio to the judge. It was confirmed later her coach was coaching her. Well, and, I guess the open, the open question is, did she actually see him? We'll talk about that. Although, Chris Everett, you heard her saying there, her coach was motioning for her to move forward mm-hmm. on the court. Which is illegal. And she started... No, it's not illegal. <laughs> well, that's not illegal for her to move oh, forward. Oh, coaching. It's illegal right. for her to be coached. And, or it's, it's a violation match. of the rules. It's a code violation. But... The next several points, she did exactly that. So the circumstantial <laughs> evidence we've been talking about is pretty compelling that she saw him. But here, let's that, back that up. That was Serena Williams, by the way, if we, we didn't say that. Let's back up. So for those of you that don't follow tennis, the U.S. Open is one of the four Grand Slam tournaments. It's, it's one we've of the most... we talked about tennis three times on this show this I know. year. That's amazing. I know. Anyway. Um, and, and Serena Williams, so it's the end of the year. It's the last Grand Slam of the year. It goes Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open. And it is one of the most important tournaments of the year. It's how all the greats are historically measured. How many Grand Slams have you won? How many mm-hmm. major tournaments? Serena Williams, uh, by most people's estimation, and probably mine, is the greatest female tennis player who ever lived. I actually think that Steffi Graf would beat her. Um, but she's either one or two, okay? So she's won... 23 major titles Mm -hmm. that is second only in history to Margaret Court. And she went into this U.S. Open with a chance to tie that record. Steffi Graf was the former record holder with 22. Serena broke that. And, which is a great story, Serena recently had a baby, had a child. And so she was returning. She took off a year, was returning to competitive tennis this year. And it's pretty remarkable how quickly she found herself back in a final of a major championship. Kudos. She's 30, what? Uh, or 32. 32. No, I don't think she's that old. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe she's older. I don't know. So kudos to Serena. No dispute. Great champion. All-time. One of clearly in the pantheon of all-time women's great tennis players. And so she is playing in the U.S. Open final and basically is expecting to win. A 36. Wom- she's 36. 36. Wow. A... a a woman, a 20-year-old, delightful woman, Naomi Osaka, from Japan, has never even been in a Grand Slam final before. She has a huge game, um, great serve, great ground strokes. But just, if you ever listen to this woman speak, you can't find a more refreshing, humble... Like, you, you have to love this woman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just her personality, incredibly almost shy to the point of being a little bit awkward, but tremendous talent. She's playing Serena, is a massive underdog. The entire U.S. Open crowd, all of her cultists that are there, <laughs> are rabidly cheering for Serena. And that's fine. They're entitled to pull for her. She's an American versus... She's an American. Yeah. So, women's championships are three sets, best of three, men's are best of five. Serena, fully expected to win, gets completely annihilated in the first set, loses 6-2, to two, and knows that she is in trouble. Osaka is hitting her ground strokes better. She's covering the court better. She's serving better. She's blowing her off the court, basically. Mm-hmm. Everyone is in shock, including Serena. We go to the second game of the second set. 
Serena is serving. You heard the line judge. We didn't hear him say this, but he gives her a code violation because he sees Serena's coach, Patrick Somebody, motioning to her from the stands. In tennis, coaching from the stands, and you may say that's a stupid rule, is a code violation. Now, some people say everyone does it. In fact, that was his defense later when he admitted he was coaching and said, yeah, well, I'm just doing what everyone does. Actually, not a very good defense, but here's the thing. Never works with my parents. It's a warning. (laughs) It's a warning. So he gives Serena a warning in the second game. She immediately goes over and says her little indignant speech about, I want you to know we have a thumbs up. I don't cheat. I would rather lose. And everyone goes, yay, Serena. And by the way, meaningless in terms of the match. No points lost. It's a warning. Right. Serena says nothing else about this for the next two games because she goes ahead. Mm -hmm. She goes up 3-1. She breaks Naomi's serve. She holds serve. She's winning 3-1. What happens next? Naomi breaks her serve back. Serena then proceeds because she realizes I'm not going to do the Serena comeback here. It's still going badly. Smashes her racket. Destroys it on the court. That is an automatic non-discretionary code violation. What happens with the second code violation? You lose a point. You lose a point. So when he then says, code violation, Miss Williams, behaving like a child, smashes the racket. (laughs) I don't think he said behaving like a child. No. That's what he meant. Um, What does she do? She immediately starts screaming at him again, not about the smashing of the racket, about, you called me a cheater. By the way. He never called her a cheater. And in fact, the code violation for coaching is not about the player. It's about the coach. Your coach isn't allowed to coach you. Yes. No one is insinuating you're... uh, No one said you're a cheater. What he said is, I saw your coach coaching you. That's a warning. Yes. Serena goes into high dudgeon. And then then immediately the... I'm a mother. I have a daughter. Can you imagine if a male player said, I am a father. I have children. I don't know why that would matter. Does it it preclude being coached or cheating if you're a mother? Well, hold on. So she broke her racket. I don't know what that has to do with being a mother. She she smashed her racket that is somehow not related to being a mother. It's just you smash your racket. Take responsibility for your actions. And, of course, she's now playing to the crowd with her tantrum as you hear them roaring in indignation in the back. Our heroine is being (laughs) cheated out of... No, what she's doing is I'm getting pummeled in this match. Mm -hmm. I'm very angry that this is happening to me because it wasn't what I expected. I expected a glorious coronation, and I would pat Naomi on the head. Good (laughs) effort, young one. Maybe one year you'll win. And instead, she is hitting me off the court. And so... Whether consciously or subconsciously, I believe Serena is now, I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to get the crowd riled up. I'm going to try to throw her off. I'm going to engage in this ridiculous, uh, you know, theatrical, I'm a mother, I'm a woman. This guy is never has not said anything to her about cheating. No. He is enforcing the rule book exactly as written. Mm-hmm. Serena continues to lose the match. At every changeover, she continues to berate this umpire. Don't talk to me. You're a thief. You're a liar. You stole a point from me. She does this for three consecutive games until he finally says, third violation, abuse of the umpire. By the way, one of, and, then, and then, then, of course, it's, I'm a woman. You are. <laughs> Who is she playing? Is she playing a man? No. 
So the no. the sexist umpire is somehow beating her. Yes, that's what it was. No, but because he's he. But wait a minute. So he's favoring another woman, another minority woman. Yes. Over half black, half Serena, Japanese, yes. a minority woman, yes. and that is evidence of sexism. Yes, because, obviously. Because well, and, and and he also she also claims racism because this woman's only half black that she's playing. And she's completely right. black, so therefore it's racist. I'm not really sure how the sexism equation works when two women are playing. <laughs> and and then, of course, it's full meltdown because the third warning, and it's a major penalty, mm-hmm. is a code violation, is a game violation. Mm-hmm. So she loses the next, she loses a whole game. She was losing already, four to three. Right. She goes behind five to three. Osaka serves out the set and wins. Yes. So two final points about this, this disgrace. First of all, at the awards, the trophy ceremony. So now remember, this young woman, this mm-hmm. just incredibly talented, this is the greatest achievement of her athletic career. Yep, okay? to, to this point. She is the only Grand Slam major tennis champion in the history of Japan. This is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. She's an incredible underdog. I mean, this story, whether you're rooting for Naomi Osaka or whatever, is a really heartwarming story for this, for this woman. Mm-hmm. At the trophy presentation, as they're out there getting ready to be presented, first of all, a woman named Katrina Adams, who is the head of the USTA, the United States Tennis Association. She's like Roger Goodell. (laughs) For U.S. tennis. The first thing that she says during the awards ceremony, I'm not making this up, is as she's making her public remarks, well, it's not, I'm paraphrasing, but not much, it's not really the result we would have wanted. Now... (laughs) I, I want you to. I want you to fathom. Keep that your mind. For I want later, you to folks. fathom that. I want you to imagine. I don't know, David Stern or currently Adam Silver, the NBA, coming out to the the championship trophy presentation and saying to the public, "Well, the Warriors championship may not have been the result that we wanted." She's 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 apparently a Serena loyalist. Okay, also says some nonsense about, and she's a proud mama. Blah blah blah. The entire crowd then starts to boo. Yep. They're booing during this woman's trophy presentation. Osaka literally starts crying. So what it should have been the most joyous, you know, triumphant occasion of her career turns into a debacle and a circus that causes her to cry because of Serena's ridiculous tantrum. That's the first point. Right. I have never seen something more classless and selfish in my life. And don't give me this baloney about, oh, then Serena put her arm around her. Yeah, and she said, we'll get through this together. (laughs) What will we get through, Serena? We'll get through this insanity, this petulant tirade that you created, and ginning up all this outrage among your mob? Oh, we'll get through it? Oh, how how gracious of you. And then in the post-match press conference... First of all, you literally, I encourage you to YouTube this and find this. The questions from the fawning, slavering supplicants in the the press. Serena, what will you eventually tell your daughter about (laughs) your, about your, this is essentially the implication, about your victimization? Yeah. uh, And then, Uh, uh, uh. then the question was, you know, did your mothering instinct kick in when you were attempting to console Naomi from the, from the entire scenario that you created? And then at the end of this, Serena goes back into her, I'm fighting for women's rights. I'm fighting. Like, again, what does this have to do with women's rights? 
and what happens? Nothing. What Absolutely happens? Nothing. All of the all of the press attending, they all applaud. Yes. Yay! They wanted Yay her to for win. Serena. We're woke too. <laughs> Hashtag me too. It was the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. She deserves to be excoriated for this. There was talk about the umpires getting together and boycotting her matches. Mm-hmm. I hope that they do. By the way, this is not the first time she has pulled a stunt like this. Oh. In 2009, at the same tournament, she threatened to shove the effing ball down the throat of a tiny little lineswoman who called her for a footfall when she was losing to Kim Clijsters. <laughs> Serena has a bit of an inconvenient history of behaving like a bully and a classless infant when things don't go her way. All they want End of my tirade. Yeah, I just want to say it sounds an awful lot like Hillary Clinton in 2016. <laughs> I lost, but it was everybody else's fault. It wasn't me. I'm a mother. Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. You're right. She behaved like an infant. She behaved like a child. She didn't take it like an adult professional. She was losing, and therefore she came up with reasons why she couldn't possibly be responsible for the loss. It had to be some other reason. She took away from this lady who had a phenomenal She tournament. completely ruined yep. what should have been the greatest moment of this woman's yep. young athletic career. Just ruined it. And she doesn't care. And then has the temerity to be like, we'll get through this together now yeah, that I've completely turned this match into yes. a fiasco. Yes, yes. She I... deserves every amount of opprobrium that can be. Of course, most people are defending her. Most people in the media. Well, I, heard, I read somebody wanted to make sure that Judge never got to play, get to do the U.S. Open again. I'm like, why? He did exactly what By he By the way, this do. guy is one of the highest ranked officials in all of tennis. Well, he's trying to make the sport what it's supposed to be. He's trying to enforce the rules as they exist. Oh. If you don't like the rules, change the rules. He's just enforcing them. You can't blame him for enforcing the rules. And you're right. It can't be sexist when they're both women. I don't know. She she just went off on whatever she, ism she could find. She is an undeniably great champion in terms of what she has achieved. Mm-hmm. No one can question that. Mm-hmm. Mo- again, most people say at her best, she's the best player in history on the women's side, and that's probably true. Mm-hmm. But this display, uh, we have a major, a major lack of character and also a major kind of emotional unhinging that goes on that is is a little alarming to watch. Like, this is someone who's not entirely stable. Well, that's certainly possible. <laughs> if know. she wants to be treated like a, you know, like a man, right, e- equal treatment, what do you think they would have said about a man who lost so much control of themselves that not only did they force an umpire to give them a third code violation, she was literally crying mm-hmm. in her chair before having to go and continue to serve in the match. If you have that little control over your emotions, don't you think that person, Nick Kyrgios, you know who he is, yeah. right? They would have been pilloried, right? They would have been like, listen, man, get a hold of yourself. Yes. Why isn't anyone saying that about Serena? Well, had a man done this to a female oh, sure. umpire, I think you would have heard you know, whatever you would have heard. And people say, well, John McInerney used to do this constantly. Yeah, and they changed the rules to accommodate that kind of behavior. They didn't want that behavior on the court. He did that. He was criticized for it. And again, I don't think he had many tantrums after receiving the first two code <laughs> exactly. violations. Because he was smart enough. No, okay, I pushed this far. If I get another one, I'm losing a game. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that. But he, he's famous for his tirades. 
Absolutely. Certainly. And he broke lots of rackets. It wasn't like and he wasn't the only one. Other people did it. Oh, too. and by the way, the Jimmy other Connors the other the other ridiculous too. defense of her is, you know, oh well, calling someone a thief and a liar, there's much worse language. It's not about the language. No. You can drop all the F bombs you want. That's that's not sportsmanlike. You specifically accuse the umpire of cheating and lying. The rules specifically say if you're going to claim that the umpire is essentially lacking in integrity and dishonest, it's an automatic violation. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't abuse the, the umpire. Oh. And you were cheating according to the rules. Your disgrace. coach was coaching and you were looking for the coaching. Disgrace. Yeah, well. We spent too much time on that, but it makes me feel better. <laughs> He's happy now. So this came out well, since we last aired. Um, I don't think it's going to be a shock to anyone, but I think I, I have to play a little clip. Uh, this is from an all-hands meeting with <laughs> Google employees. Oh, this is awesome. In November of 2016. Wah, now, wah, wah. I'm going to read some quotes once we play a little clip, but I want you to hear the clip first because... It, this is in the aftermath of the Trump election. This is post-election yes. 2016. Post-apocalypse. Like three days after. Changes there. And then finally on diversity and inclusion, I think it's... Fairly obvious that Google by Google leans largely uh, liberal and democratic, but I Shocking. do want to be clear that diversity also means uh, diversity of opinion and political persuasion, uh, and we value and welcome perspectives from uh, perspectives from all sides of the political spectrum. So, I have heard from some conservative Googlers lately uh, in the past two days that they haven't felt uh, entirely comfortable revealing who no. they are. Uh, when mm. these conversations come up at work. And so I believe we need to do better. We need to be tolerant, inclusive, try to understand uh, each other in this area. And, you know, just to emphasize what Sundar said in opening and, and Sergey as well, you know, the, the very core values of civility, inclusion, respect are what have always guided us and will continue to do so. So I know... Uh, that, that was... Um, let me see here. Eileen Naughton, VP of People Operations at Google. Well, that is not representative, by the way, no, they, of the hour's worth of garment no, rending. Let me read some. Let me read some. So Sergey Sergey Brin opens it up. He is one of the co-founders. He's an immigrant from Russia. Uh, he states it's probably the mo- not the most joyous event we've had. Most people here are pretty upset and pretty sad. He talks about... You should be happy they legalized cannabis in California <laughs> in the same election. A silver um, lining. He says he's deeply offended by the election of Trump and that the election conflicts with many of Google's values. Right. He doesn't elaborate what those values are, right. but apparently they compete. Um, the vice president of, for global affairs comes to Kent Walker, says fear, not just in the United States, but around the world is fueling concern, xenophobia, hatred, and desire for answers that may or may not be there. And is Trump phenomenon is a sign of tribalism that's self-destructive in the long term, as opposed to Obama's diversity right. and inclusion, which never actually happened. Um, they just go on and on. And it's a, it's a sad event. But every now she talks about inclusion. We've got to be more open to other ideas. And then they fired an engineer who fought back against their ideas, right. who said, wait a minute, you're not inclusive. You pretty much dismiss anything who had, you say. Who had, the t- James who had the audacity to point out that maybe just a few things about our, you know, our culture are actually not even really helping women. Not allowed to say any of that. Again, that was probably the only comment during the entire one-hour extravaganza of, I put the link in the show notes of so you can grief watch it. and uh, airing of grievances and bemoaning the fate of civilization. 
Google is a monoculture. Yes. Okay? Yes. The, the idea they, Don't just lean left. They are left. Yeah. They are, I mean, they are essentially 100%. inseparable from the Democratic Party or leftist ideology. I mean, that, that's, and so, in fact, it was funny to then watch them sort of issue this kind of uh, CYA we uh that meeting does not mean we are entirely neutral and fair-minded and yeah it's like again it's the who you going to believe us or your lying eyes yeah, it, the ironic part was i got that clip off of youtube which is owned by google <laughs> and i would i would hasten to say i would be very fascinated to see whether that lady is still in her position in about uh, three months. <laughs> Let's actually check back on that. I will ch- so I'll see if I can check uh, back You notice there wasn't any, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, there was sort of this stony yeah. silence. Like, what, what is she talking about? Is she, has she been co-opted by... I didn't hear, I didn't listen to the whole thing because it was an, over an hour of bemoaning the fact that Trump oh, won and Hillary didn't, our candidate didn't win. How awful is this? I don't know if there were support dogs and coloring books for all these great Google engineers who just couldn't get over themselves. One one person did ask, can we move to Canada? And the VP of People <laughs> Operations said, well, this is a great thing about our company. You can move anywhere and do your job. Right. So, yes, you can move to Canada if you want. We want to keep you. We've invested in you. We want you to be here. Right. But right. you don't have to be here. You know, we're not going to let things change from a from a uh, immigration standpoint because we're Google and somehow we th- – we, now they talk by, about fake news as well. Way, we're going to eliminate that. When she that. says, I've heard from some conservative Googlers, I imagine that's three, that? that's like three people, right, who are who are working in the dungeon. Like, yeah, I'm sure they don't their, get out much. With their swing line staplers, you know? Um, <laughs> swing line's better. Swing line's better. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we fix the glitch. Yes, if you don't get that reference, then... Go sorry, watch sorry uh, for Office you. Space. Office Space will shut that up. I just had to play that, and I want to point something out, and I, I do this over and over again, but I never know if this is the first time somebody's listening to us. I have a person who's afraid to use Gmail because and there's somebody else who says, I don't want to use Yahoo and I don't want to use Apple. I said, here's the reality. Everything about you is on the Internet. It's all there. Whether you use those services or not, it's all there. And I, this person said, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm sticking with Verizon f- for my email service because I don't think they're reading my email. I said, they're all reading your email. <laughs> Every single one of them is reading your email. If you don't think they are, wake up. They're reading your email. Now, it's, it's a useful service. If you choose not to use it, that's up to you. But every, Microsoft is reading your email if you put it in Outlook. Verizon's reading. Yep. It doesn't matter where you put it. They're looking at it. We have to wait and see what we should do going forward. Uh, there's talk about antitrust with Google. Sure. Maybe break them up. We saw that not sure. Was, I'm, I have not mixed sure feelings I, about that. Um, it didn't work with Microsoft. Well, so it's I'm not, not really even sure. that. It's it's the you know the Kevin Williamson, who's uh, in my view one of the best writers going, wrote a piece, and he's he's basically a libertarian. He 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 writes for National Review. He was the guy that was uh, immediately fired from the Atlantic because of his heretical views about something. Uh, yeah, but I don't remember what you know, about. he he basically took the position that we don't want to operate by the left's playbook and use government to essentially force, you know, a fairness doctrine on a private company. And I have a lot of I, agree with I, that. I have a lot of sympathy with that argument. I the sticking point for me is we've never had companies with this amount of control over information. True. So True. I'm not sure what to do about that. I think here's the thing. Whether or not we agree with it 
it's probably coming because of the way these companies are behaving. Yeah, we're not just singling out Google. This this oh, came it's out. Apple, this is Facebook. It's Apple. It's Facebook. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all of them. Netflix. It's Twitter. It's it's all of them. And guess what? They all think like this, even if they don't have a video of themselves talking like this. They all think like this. Now, yes. I don't know how this video got out. I don't know. Somebody, somebody, one of the... They probably uh, put it on their Google Drive and then uploaded it to YouTube. And One of the three is. conservatives leaked it. <laughs> maybe, maybe James Damore had it on the way out. I don't the know. The ornate building is now searching for the leaker. <laughs> so we've talked about it a lot, but I, I had to play that. It shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. It just reaffirms what we probably already were thinking. Well, that was, again, you know. that was the most charitable clip you could have played. Well, I just, I, I thought it was ironic and heretical to say we're fair to everybody we need to be more fair as they shuffle a guy out who disagrees with them <laughs> I, I think you can't say you're fair when a guy stands up and says i don't agree with this and you fire him that that doesn't right. seem or, fair or when the, when the ceo or whoever he was i mean these are like the major these are the heavy founder says yeah. the election itself just the election itself <laughs> is against most of our values yes oh yes okay. the value what values are those uh stealing making things up uh whatever I just played that so you had it. Put it back in your brain. You can watch the whole clip. It's in the show notes, and you can you can decide for yourself what you think or don't think about that. So let's get to the sad trombone yet again. Real quick. Um, Steelers decided they didn't want to win again on Sunday. Um, I'm not sure why I'm watching football because I haven't actually seen any good football. Um, you know, you can say lots of things. They had no running game. Been through 62 times. Un- unbelievable. 62 times. I've said, I'm on the record, and I will say it again. If he throws more than 25 times in a game, they almost always lose because they have no balanced attack. They need to run. James Conner couldn't – he was catching a lot of passes, but he couldn't run much. Well, first of all, they couldn't run because they but were neither, losing – They were losing. Tw- no, they couldn't run because they were losing 21 to nothing. Yes, they decided not to play until the second quarter. They, they forgot that there's four quarters in a game well, and they only played three. I also think that you well, – two and a half. You slightly underestimated the Chiefs. Well, I didn't underestimate. I thought it was going to be a tough game because I think... No, no, I'm not talking about this game. Didn't you say going into the season you thought the Chiefs were going to stink? No, no, I said they're going to win their division. Oh, did you? Okay. I was the one who said... You said the Chargers no, would win the division. I do. I still think, I still think, I still think the Chargers are going to win the division. I said that in the playoffs, the, the Chiefs under Andy Reid or anybody under Andy Reid tends to not yeah, perform well. And well. Patrick Mahomes... He looked awesome. Well, he's... This is pretty unbelievable. Um, you see how fast those throws come out and how straight they are. I mean, it's a, well, he's got a, he's got a you know, he's got a rail gun for an arm. the The interesting thing is, you're marrying Andy Reid, who for and he has some flaws. I mean, Andy he always gets joked about with his clock management at the end of yeah. halves, so and he hasn't had a lot of playoff success. But if there's one thing that Andy Reid knows how to do, it's scheme offensively, and he's and basically tutor young quarterbacks. And this kid has got some talent. He does. He does. Um, and I understand why they get rid of Alex Smith for him. He's basically him. he's basically an improvement on Alex Smith in almost every way. Yes. The scary thing about Mahomes is not only does he have an arm, he hasn't really I've watched him because they beat the Chargers, so I right. watched that game. Right. And I watched him beat the Steelers. <laughs> it's not just a guy out there like let's say a Josh Allen with arm talent. Right. He is making good reads. He is. He is not making bad throws. And the other thing is if you look at their offensive weapons, they basically have an Olympic track team that they've assembled. They have three of the five or six fastest guys in the entire league, and then they have Kelsey, mm-hmm. their tight end, who's, other than Gronk, the best offensive yeah. tight end in football. Well, they have Tyreek Hill, who didn't get a path thrown to him until the second quarter. 
and they're up twenty one nothing by the first. So the, the problem quarter. for defenses is when you have that amount of elite athletic ability and speed. They put so much there. Your defense is going to crack because mm-hmm. they have too many guys that can spread the field, and then you've got Kelsey down the middle. And I'm not really sure what the defense is going to be. I think the only way that you're going to stop them is you have to have massive pressure immediately mm-hmm. on Mahomes. The problem is he's got wheels, mm, he can and move. so he can he throws better on the run than he does in the pocket. Design rollouts, a lot of design rollouts. I think he has a chance. Now, again, these are early returns. He's not going to continue throwing six touchdowns a game. No. But given their (laughs) offense, given the current rules, and given the fact that their defense is awful. Yeah. That's a thousand yards in two games. Okay, Phillip Rivers Philip Rivers threw for four hundred and twenty four yards on the Chiefs, and his receivers dropped two touchdowns and hundred and fifty other yards of passes. He Rivers said that he could have thrown for six hundred yards. That wasn't an exaggeration. I know. know. Ben threw for what? Four fifty? Four fifty two. 37, I'm sorry, was it 37 completions, 62 attempts? Right, so like the that. point is is that Mahomes and this team are going to be in shootouts almost every yeah. week. Which is not good for success in the playoffs. Maybe not, but in turn, <laughs> the current record for TD throws in a season is 55, which yes. is Peyton Manning's ridiculous yes. season. I think Mahomes is going to, I don't think he's going to break that record, but I have a feeling he's going to be pushing the high 40s. I think he's going to have to to stay in games because, as you said, their defense is not, so far, not real good. They give a lot of yards. I mean, a lot of yards. And this is the same Ben Roethlisberger who had six turnovers last week against Cleveland. So Cleveland's defense was stouter than Yeah, because the, the really scary thing if you're a Chiefs fan in terms of the defense is, you have another team in a 21-0 hole. You know they have to throw. So at that point, you pin your ears back. Mm-hmm. They still couldn't stop them. Yes. Right? Still. Everyone in the, in, in, the, in the whole joint knows all they can do is put Ben in the shotgun and yeah. let him try to throw the ball. Let's throw. And they still couldn't do anything about it. No. So that's the Achilles heel for this team is their offense might be the best in the league, but their defense might be one of the worst in the league. Yeah. Well, I think it was the first time the Chiefs have one in Pittsburgh since 86. So it's been a while. Um, they don't play every year, but it's been a while. So that's good. Chargers won. Chargers beat the Bills. That doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, I mean, the, they, the starting cornerback quit at halftime for the yes. Bills. Fonte Davis he quit. Literally, he literally said, I retire. <laughs> he put on his clothes and he and left. He left. <laughs> so... Uh, that's what the that's what the Chargers. That's bring. what's going on in Buffalo right <laughs> that's now. What the Chargers bring to the table. They get people to quit in the game. Literally, just retire. The well, game. here's the thing: the, uh, we will know a lot about the Chargers this coming week. Yeah, they play the Rams. Yeah, the Rams look like a juggernaut right now. They've played two not good teams, yeah. but the Chargers' offensive line is yet again. Even though we thought it was better, it's still a major problem. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Rams, particularly up the middle with Aaron Donald and yeah. Dominican Sue, probably <laughs> the two best interior defensive linemen in the league. Yeah. Um, I think he's be... just starting to he's just starting a shotgun. I think Phil Roof should start a shotgun in every play. Well, <laughs> just here's the other thing. There's gonna we're also gonna see if if Coach Lynn 
decides what we're going to do is we're going to try to run on first and second down and gain like negative three yards and then let Rivers try to throw on third and 14. They're going to get destroyed. And Joey Bosa's not back till. Well, that's a a problem as well. But we'll see. If the Chargers, I expect the Chargers to lose that game. If they are competitive in that game and can score, I'll I'll be happy. If they get eviscerated then it's going to be more of the same old same old with the chargers they'll they'll tease us they'll beat some teams they, and then they'll they'll finish with a nine and seven record and won't make the playoffs well they are a much different team without bosa uh yeah, i mean and again certainly. bosa is one of the top five defensive players in the league yes. so they need him out there we'll see philip rivers is playing really well he is playing really well i don't know if he's mvp status i think mahomes looks well, a lot more right MVP now right, right now. now it's mahomes and fitz magic Okay, Fitzmagic. I mean, is that what we're calling about? Fitzmagic? Come yeah, on. I mean, this guy's been around forever. Has he played for literally every team in the league yet? I don't know, but <laughs> the guy's got eight passing touchdowns and over 800 yards passing in two games. I know. No one has ever done that. I know. Now, I know there's also Fitz Tragic. Okay, that's his other, <laughs> that's that's the, his other nickname. It comes out eventually. It's just but a matter of time. here's the thing. There's a lot of people that are writing about this that they don't think, and I agree with them, if he has another... Good game in week three because Jameis Winston is serving a suspension. Uh-huh. They're a $20 million quarterback. Well, they're in luck. The, the Steelers play them in week three. Right. So <laughs> I would predict, and here's the thing. They're another team. They're receiving weapons. Mm-hmm. He's never had. He's got Deshaun. A, Wa- uh, he's got a bunch now? of guys. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Deshaun Jackson. Yep. He's got a bunch of burners. He does. And, so and that helps. If he, let's, let me ask you this. If he goes out and they, maybe they don't win. He throws for another 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns. How do you sit him for, for Jameis Winston right now? Well, they said you can't get replaced for injury, although sure Bill Belichick can. did that with Drew Bledsoe. Uh, but I've never heard of somebody not being benched because of suspension because obviously there's a problem. The kids get a problem. So maybe you keep Fitzpat- Fitzmagic, if you want to call him that, until he doesn't have the magic. Until he has one of his five interception games. Which but, he will. Uh, it's a matter of time. Probably. <laughs> probably. I think he has to keep playing. Well, I think you, you play the hot hand. If you're trying to win, you play the hot hand. You don't bring in the guy who's cold, who's trying to get back into shape and playing fatigued. You just got to get the guy who's out there. One, uh, all right, let's each have one final uh, football tidbit. What, what else do you, uh, did you notice in week two? You're talking about the NFL? Yeah. There's a second tie for the first time since 1971. Two weeks in a row, two ties. That's unusual. doesn't happen often, even with the yes, overtime. Yes, and by the way, the two kickers that featured prominently in causing those ties are no, no longer, longer employed. <laughs> no longer kicking for their respective teams. Oh, and, and the Vikings, now this is a coup. Okay, Dan Bailey. <laughs> yes. Right, isn't that his name? Yes. Okay. He's been Didn't for sound Dallas. right when I said with it. Cowboys. Um, Cowboys kicker, the most accurate kicker in NFL history, 92%. Mm-hmm. 92% has never missed an extra point. For some inexplicable reason, they I know why. They don't want to pay him sure. three point some million dollars. And he's older. He's not they a got young rid guy. of him. Um the Vikings just signed him. And he was he was playing his cards because he was apparently there was a lot of people after him. He said, yes. No thank you. No thank you. <laughs> and now he's on a Super Bowl contender. Sure. Why wouldn't um, you? If you if you could pick, you'd pick the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Contender. So huge upgrade for the Vikings. The Vikings are very good. The Vi- Kirk Cousins is good. Their defense is good. Now, I understand they just tied the... They should have won that game about three times. Well, Clay They're, Matthews would disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the reason they don't have their current kicker, he got fired, is because he missed three field goals, including a 35-yarder. The second one he missed in overtime, that's not going to work. No. Well, Cleveland 
got rid of their kicker, and they had he was yeah. over three. He missed yes, he missed actually two <laughs> yes, field goals Sunday. and two extra points. Well, they are out further. To yes, the, they at are. This time, so it's a little harder. That's to not going to work. Yeah, I uh, no three field goals and two extra points. Yes, he missed three field yes. goals yesterday and two extra points, which uh, that Steelers also missed an extra point. With so my kicker. only uh, my only observation is I uh, suffered through the uh, torture fest that was the Cowboys Ooh, Giants. Why? Um, I don't know. I hate that game. I don't ever watch that game because it it's was always really dull. it was really ugly. It was really just not Saquon Barkley, great player. Well, He's not on a good that's team. what I want to talk about. Great player is that it is now becoming clear, and I think Saquon Bar- Saquon Barkley caught fourteen passes. Why? Because, He's a running back, folks. Well, because Eli <laughs> Manning can't find a receiver ten yards down the field. So, yes. whether or not you have Beckham, yes, Odell. Or Saquon, if your offensive line is a sieve, mm-hmm. they sacked Eli six times doing normal stunts. Okay, yeah. Their offensive line is a dumpster fire. Well, it understands why they fired Jerry Reese, because yes. you gave Odell Beckham Jr. a buttload of money, but he's never going to see the ball. Well, and they just lost the one guy who's decent, their center, for the season. So I feel badly for Saquon because, yeah. in fact, there was an article a guy just wrote, uh, I think it was for uh, The Ringer, which is Bill Simmons' mm-hmm. site, and he basically said, and I think this is going to prove to be prophetic, Saquon Barkley is a generational talent. He's a great running back, but expecting him to do what Ezekiel Elliott did, Ezekiel Elliott came with possibly the best offensive line in the league, which were just a bunch of road graders. Yep. Saquon Barkley and, and OBJ may be running behind and catching behind the worst offensive line in the league. And poor, worse than the Chargers? Eh, I think they are worse than the Chargers, actually. Um, that was ugly. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't stomach most of that. I'm like, I, I got to get out of this. This can't, isn't worth watching. So I'm not sure how you fix that. I mean, if well, you, you don't fix it this year. No, you can't. But and of course now that and it's unfair to Saquon. What I feel badly for Saquon is the howling is going to be. You know, you guys should have taken Darnold. You should have taken a quarterback. Sure. Um, I still think that fine. Draft some linemen. Build around that. The problem here is how much does Eli have left? Well, I've always does said... does Eli have two more years? No. I mean, they might have to make him two years. I said from the beginning, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning are not the same quarterback. Peyton was a wily veteran who figured out how to get the ball where he needed to go, even when his body didn't want to do it. Eli was well, never that meticulous. But he also had a better ever. team. Well, he did. I mean, those Broncos teams that he, he was did. playing for, he did. that's why that's why, why, he why would he have signed with anybody else if he thought he had a shot? You wouldn't sign with Cleveland if you no. just wanted to play. So I, Peyton was a much better I think Eli, student of the game. I don't think Eli. Eli is that diminished physically. In fact, when you watched Peyton at the end of his career, I mean, it was oh, he, it was, get the he ball could barely throw the ball twenty five yards. Season, yeah, right? He couldn't get anywhere. Eli can still get the ball out there. The problem is he has no time to do it. Oh, agreed. And I think he. I mean, yeah, you have the sort of the Eli face. The sort of like the shell shocked. There was a couple <laughs> pictures of him in the New York Eli Post face. where it looked like he had just seen Sasquatch on the field or something. <laughs> I, and it was sort of like I can't believe they let them sack me again. You know, I'm, I'm on my um, back again. It's going to be. There was a lot of people that thought this is going to be a bounce back season for the Giants, but as we have said, why did they think that? You win in the NFL with the offensive defensive line, and their offensive line is a disaster. Well, you can have the greatest running back in history, and it won't matter if you can't make a hole for him. Won't One matter. of the things that Collinsworth kept saying last night is Barkley was never tackled by the first guy. 
It didn't matter. There was no holes. He would make, literally, he was doing one of, like, I remember watching Barry Sanders. I'm not comparing him to Barry Sanders, although they do have some similarities. Uh, No one was ever as elusive as Sanders. But Sanders would do the same thing, because Detroit's lines were frequently so horrible. He would run 50 yards in the backfield, juke 10 guys, and get, like, a one-yard gain. Well, I think he's got a... If you actually count the side-to-side running, yeah. he has to be the most prolific rusher in the history of the NFL. Who, Sanders? It had to be oh, because yeah. he had to run 25, 30 yes, yards exactly. on every play. It would be this, <laughs> this one-yard gain. It would be this breathtakingly <laughs> spectacular run, and he got two yards. <laughs> you know, he evaded seven tackles in the backfield and got back to the line of You scrimmage. were always hoping he'd get another one and get break one, but he would never had breakaway speed, but at least he would get through Well, the he was faster than you think. I mean, he scored... Uh, he scored with a sock. Without a shoe on. Yeah, I mean, he scored like 100 <laughs> touchdowns. I mean, yes. the guy was the well, guy I don't was mean phenomenal. he was nothing. I just mean he didn't have the breakaway speed that you expect when he got there. It, cornerbacks could catch him. Some. Not He's faster than you think. But in any event, um, it's going to be a long season for the G-men. It's a long season for the P-men. <laughs> I think the P-men will still have a chance to, uh, to do something. Is Tomlin still the coach? Yeah. Did they, show, they showed no sense of urgency yesterday to... They, have, they were down by four t- or 12 points. Four minutes and 52 seconds, they were on their opponent's 20-yard line, and it took them over almost three minutes to score from the 20. Well, some, you can't, And you needed another score, and you can't get onside kicks anymore because Well, it's of the actually in some ways harder to score from the 20 because it compresses the field. Understood, but they it took them three minutes. Ben was taking the, the play clock down to two or three seconds. Yeah, well, I don't understand what do you, that. What, Call two plays in the huddle, man. You're you're a fifteen year vet. It's not like it's that hard. Do, do the Brett Favre, man. Just go go out, like you know. <laughs> Just go out there. I mean, Run around. When he ran for one touchdown, it looked like he was somebody had to carry him. He, he barely got there. And yet, well, you can't you can't blame Ben. Not this week. Last <laughs> week I can't. Six, six turnovers. I can blame. Yeah, ben. Yeah, you can blame Ben for that. <laughs> but I think the Steelers they always they always seem to right the ship. Zero oh, two teams. Since they're the not zero oh, and two. They're oh, one, oh, oh, one, one and one. one. That's okay. right. Oh, one and one. But oh, and two teams have a 12.2% chance of making the playoffs. But that statistic doesn't apply to them because they're oh, one and one. That's, yeah. their, that's their... I'm counting it as a loss because it was to Cleveland. When you tie Cleveland, who hasn't won a game in almost 700 days, I'm going to count that as a loss. Whether they kind of lost... But remember, look at their matter. division. I know. Cincinnati Cincinnati's is now, the, now they're the, the beast of the top. division. Andy Dalton. Oh, Come on. It's a crappy they division. Win, they win, win next week, uh, and they're within a game and a half of the division lead. A game and it's, a half with yeah, it doesn't matter. Thirteen to play. <laughs> they haven't played Cincinnati yet. They beat. They always beat Cincinnati. You'd have said the same thing about Cleveland. Ben had never lost to Cleveland one they time didn't in his lose. entire career. The streak is intact. It still feels like a loss. I don't care what you call it. I predict like the Steelers loss. by the end of the year will have ten wins. <laughs> I don't believe you, but okay. We'll see. We'll have to see. Well, yeah. I don't think so, but we'll see. I'm, I'm for once being optimistic. You're being optimistic, but it's about not your team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't count. All right, that's all I got. That was way too long, that's but okay. uh, we Had needed to, to we needed to vent about a few things. Had to be done. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. This has been a Hannah Tree production.